it is. of you sharing. So, so far we've heard about your posture towards God, the posture yes. of, uh, the, one we, the one we want to aim for is with God, living with God. Uh, we've heard about your purpose, uh, and we've heard about your priorities. Mm. Uh, and so let's, let's continue. What's, what's next on the agenda? What's next on your mind that you want to you share how about, with us? How about one last... P word. One last P word. I assumed it would Figured. be. So, uh, I'm a fan of alliteration. So. That's right. That's right. So today I want to I talk about possibilities. And so I, today, again, if you've not been with us, if you're brand new, um, real quickly, I was on a sabbatical. Zion gifted that to my wife and I a month of June, July, got away, unplugged from responsibilities. Uh, God used that time to, ref- to refresh me, uh, refocus me. And uh, we are super grateful for it. So rather than just coming back and hitting the ground running with, you know, here's another sermon series, we've uh, said that we're going to take some time to just kind of unpack pieces of our uh, sabbatical each week in the month of August. And so that's what we've been doing. And today we finished. So this will be the last, last time, at least last time in a while, that we kind of do the kind of yeah. Johnny Carson late night talk show model minus the... He thinks I'm as funny as Johnny Carson. I like that. Well, sometimes. I dated myself. I said Johnny Carson. Students, I was thinking Larry King. Uh, Jimmy Fallon. Conan O'Brien. All right. Even Conan O'Brien's an old head. So anyway. Um, so yeah, today we want to uh, unpack possibilities, which really is about uh, some things that, that have a forward focus, some things uh, that are forward in, in, in mind. Again, so the sabbatical was primarily... Uh, uh, about my faith journey, so a lot of our time was just kind of what's God doing in me and, 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 and all of that, and we've unpacked that, but, but um, my journey doesn't only impact me. You know, as a pastor, what God does in me inevitably affects all of us, and so today I want to focus on the parts that will affect us going forward and the parts that can affect us as a church uh, going for, forward. There are some things that I know will get our attention moving forward. We're going to unpack that. And there are some things that can get our attention going forward, uh, depending upon this church family and where God's stirring and moving uh, in and among us. And so that's what I want to to break it down is kind of things that that will get our attention and things that can get our attention. Well, why don't you tell us about the things that will get our attention first. Yeah, for sure. So one of the things that is going to get our attention, and this is something that uh, started really a couple of years ago uh, with Joe, Steve, and myself, uh, has spilled over into our the elder team. And then earlier this year kind of rose up uh, amongst just a few people in the church family. And that's an increased um, commitment to and, and focus on prayer. And so I just want you to hear me say it out loud um, as part of, a, of, of accountability and part of the vision for Zion's future. It's simply this, is that our commitment to prayer will increase through organic and strategic steps. And I think it's going to be a combination of both. Organically, um, that simply means it doesn't take me to program it. It doesn't take the elders to plan it. It just begins to happen more and more through the body. And that started uh, really uh, back in, what, March maybe? Somewhere around there, March, April. I'm looking at Barry. 
I'm looking at Barry, March, April of this year. Um, I was approached by, uh, by Barry uh, Brooke, uh, and then Diane Fagley quickly jumped on, and then some others have jumped on, and they said, hey, we just want to start gathering uh, early morning on Sundays just to pray, just to seek God. Would that be okay? And I thought for no. a minute, no. <laughs> Not even a minute. But we said, absolutely, let's do it. Let's get after uh, just uh, on Sunday mornings getting together to pray. And so since that time, every Sunday morning at 8.30, a group of folks have been meeting in our gathering space just to pray, to pray for you, to pray for Zion. But more, mo- most importantly, just to seek God. And, uh, and that, that has kind of grown some. And then during the summer months, it kind of pulls back a little bit. Um, we don't have 50 people in the room, but the last I checked, we don't need 50 people in the room. We'd love for the day that we outgrow that room and have to have prayer in here or in another room. But there's a group of people who just, again, without me prompting it, said, we want to pray. And I love it. And we're going to celebrate that. As a matter of fact, that group has decided that 8.30 might be too early for some to participate because you don't, you're not here at 9 o'clock and most of those folks are here for a D group at 9 o'clock. And so they said, what about doing one at 9.30? And I was like, okay, Amen. do it. And so, so here's the thing. Right now and moving forward, you have an open invitation to simply come and join with others at either 8.30, from 8.30 to 9, or from 9.30 to 10 in our gathering space just to pray. We're just seeking God. We're just asking God to move in our lives, to change us, uh, to allow um, us to become who God uh, wants us to be. And so that's very organic. But then strategically, uh, we're going to, and and we're working on some of the details now, but we want to uh, initiate a a prayer um, strategy that that is hopefully going to raise the level of prayer focus in all of our lives both personally and corporately, and without unpacking all of it right now because we want to keep moving. But it's going to involve praying for the first minute of the day, praying on the first day of the week, and, and praying on the first day of the month. And, uh, and that's all I'm going to say about it now because we're working on the, the hows of, of that. But we want to, again, moving forward, um, do more than just kind of say, pray first, Right? We hey, pray first, pray first. We wear little you know, things on our wrist that say pray first. Nothing wrong with that. But if we're actually not building a culture of prayer, then it's just another thing you wear on your wrist. And so we really want to uh, emphasize that moving forward. So that's one thing. That's, that will get our attention. Uh, another thing that will get our attention in these, um, these last, the three other ones I'm going to share quickly. I mentioned them last week, but I want you to connect. I want it, I want it to be connected to us, not just me. And so last week I talked about uh, a passion for younger leaders. That will get a lot of our attention going forward. And so we can say it this way, that those 35 and younger, and 35 is an arbitrary number. You you, you don't fall off the cliff when you're 36. You're not over the hill when you turn 37. But just that that I want to make sure that there's a group of of younger um, followers of Jesus who understand that you are vital to what happens here. And we're going to challenge you, we're going to train you if you want to be trained, and then we're going to release you to lead in a variety of ways uh, here at Zion. That is going to get a lot of my time and attention if I can ever get y'all pinned down. I tried to reach out to that particular group uh, to come and hang out at my house and on a Saturday night, like, like 10 or 11 families, right? 
And every single moment, I shouldn't say every single moment, most of them are like, we got a commitment that night. We got a commitment that night. We got a commitment that night. Got something going on that night. I'm like, that's one of the problems. I can never get with y'all because you are so busy. But we're going we're gonna to continue our effort at doing that of connecting with, with you. So, and one of the things that, that we're going to do, and one of the things that's on my heart to do, and I'm going to say something about it a little bit later, is to help you discover kind of your life purpose uh, to help you kind of figure out who and how God has made you and wired you and celebrate that and then release you to, to chase after that, uh, that purpose. So that's something else that is going to, I want to hear, I want you to hear me say it, this will get our attention moving forward. So um, yeah, awesome. The third thing is our disciple-making strategy will continue to be developed and focused. Um, it has taken, it's taken us about six or seven years to, to create a culture of discipleship. And, and, and I think we have created a disciple-making a, a disciple culture, but there are things that we can improve on. One of them, and I mentioned it already, is inside of our D groups, we're going to encourage and challenge D groups to talk about purpose, to talk about design and how God has wired you and, and begin to release you to chase after those purposes, whether they're purposes that impact us directly as a church or have much more of a, just a broader kingdom uh, purpose attached to it. We want you to be exactly who God made you to be. And uh, again, D-group leaders and, and potential D-group leaders, uh, just know that in the coming months, we're going to start challenging and talking about how to weave that into uh, your existing discipleship um, conversation. And then the, the fourth one, working with churches is going to be a non-negotiable. All right, working with churches is a non-negotiable. We believe we are better together. Uh, you've heard me talk for several years now about this league of pastors. Um, we're going to continue to build into them and, and build with them um, collaborative events and collaborative efforts to make a difference in our community. I do that um, because I believe you believe that it's important too. That's not just on my heart. I believe it's on our hearts. And I celebrate the fact that you guys, that you all as a church family, encourage and, and, and support the idea of working uh, with other, other churches. Uh, and with that in mind, uh, speaking of that, I'm going to invite my friend Angelo Anderson to come up, another one of your elders, because this is where I, in my notes it says, invite Angelo Anderson up. Because Angelo's got something that he's going to share with us that's connected to this whole idea of working with other churches that I, that I think is super important. So a few years ago, I was introduced to an organization called, uh, called Love, Inc., and I remember at the time it catching my attention. As a matter of fact, a few years ago, we, we kind of put it out in front of the, the, the pastors as an idea that maybe we can work on together to make a difference. And that, that kind of got tabled, and we, we just kind of let set, set it aside. But then uh, as, as Angelo has continued to grow in his faith, and I'm watching his heart, I don't even know exactly you know, when it all started, but he, Angela, you were introduced to, to Love, Inc. Why don't you kind of walk through, like, when the idea of Love, Inc. What kind of caught your, your, your mind and, and uh, what, what inspired you? Um, what inspired me? Well, first of all, first of, um, first of all I, um, I really um, sought after God first just to just to plan my future, 
yeah. uh, my purpose. Um, so um, the moments that I can think of, and this was before I, I kind of knew what loving was, was National Prayer Day. Uh, it envisioned that whole thing. Uh, you got various churches, different denominations coming together, one purpose, praying for their community, praying for the nation, praying for uh, teachers and veterans. You know, we were just praying for, for everything. Um, and I believe God was showing me that vision then because uh, it kind of stuck with me. Um, and then naturally, you meeting with the League of Pastors, uh, that was already a partnership that kind of came about where you guys were meeting once a week. Uh, so those two things mixed together kind of align my thought with um, being able to uh, see two different, two different moments to come together to kind of create the Love, Inc. partnership. Gotcha, gotcha. So I'm sure most people are asking, what, what, what is Love, Inc.? What, what in the world is Love, Inc.? So I can spend an hour explaining Love, Inc. We can't do that. It's, <laughs> we can't yeah. do that. So um, I, I have a video. So I think the video explains a, a great overview um, and the mission of Love, Inc. Let's take a look at it. We are Love, Inc. That's not incorporated, but rather in the name of Christ. We are a non-denominational ministry on a mission to mobilize local churches to transform lives and communities in the name of Christ. Simply put, we help churches help people. Why? Because we believe there's nothing more powerful than churches working together as the body of Christ. As the body of Christ, every Christian church, regardless of denomination, is called to serve their neighbors and share their resources. They are called to walk with people who are struggling within their walls and out in their community. So where do we come in? Love, Inc. connects the calling of local churches to the struggles of the community. Here's how Love, Inc. works. A community member with a need calls a local church. This could be a simple request, like diapers for their child or food for their family, or something bigger, like a bed for their daughter, a ride to a medical appointment, or some other type of support. And they ask, can you help me? The church can say, yes, we partner with other churches so that we can. Call Love, Inc. to learn more. So they call, and we pick up. We listen to them. We get to know them, their strengths and struggles, their hopes and dreams. We want to know about more than their current crisis, because we're not just about meeting needs. We're about meeting people where they're at and caring for them holistically. Then, through Love, Inc.'s network of churches and community relationships, we work to help. Diapers are provided by one church, groceries by another. Rides are arranged with caring church volunteers, while classes and mentoring are provided by others. And it's all coordinated by Love, Inc. So at every step, our neighbors are met with dignity and respect, while our partner churches are free to focus on serving according to their strengths, knowing that each individual will be fully cared for by the body of Christ within their community. The result? 
transformed lives, transformed churches, and transformed communities. Will you join us in this work? Visit loveinc.org to find out more or contact your local Love Inc. to get connected in your community. So Love Inc. is a national organization that has local chapters. And so the dream, the dream, it's a dream right now, is that at some point in time, hopefully in the near future, there will be a Love Inc. of Clarion County. And uh, Angelo is leaning in to help make this, this dream a reality. So tell us where we're at in the process and then what can Zion do. Okay, so, so right now and in the process, um, I've just been gaining a lot of knowledge about Love Inc., just understanding what it is, what's the philosophy, um, how it's helping churches to help people in need, and also sharing that information. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at now. I'm, I'm visiting with churches, um, sharing information with them, kind of testing the waters and seeing where they, at, where, where, where they are and uh, seeing if they want to be a part of that establishment. So um, when it comes down to it, and there's like nine, nine steps to this, but when it comes down to it, I need about six different churches, different denominations to start, to start a Love Inc. of Clarion. And there's, eight, there's, there's like 80 churches. There's like in 80 Clare. churches, yes. <laughs> so, so, yeah, cool. that's where I'm and, at right now. And what, where, what, what can we do? I would love for you guys to just pray. Again, that's our, that's our temperature now, just uh, praying. Praying for um, just open doors, praying for the journey of the possibilities of loving Clarion, uh, spreading the word. You can go to loveinc.org. Uh, you can, you can talk to me. Uh, I got a lot of information on it. And we just want to bear down and just pray. Yeah. Awesome. For the next steps. Yeah. How many will pray for Angela? How many saw that and was like, that feels like something that Zion should do? Like, that's us. That, that's who we are. This is kind of how we, how we do church or how we want to in, or envision ourselves doing church. Yeah, you can't get away from that name either. Love in the name of Christ. <laughs> there you go. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, we will pray for you. Thank you. Continue on. Give Angela a hand. Yeah. Thanks, man. We'll sing it. We'll see you in a minute as you sing sing us out the door. Yeah, I will. <laughs> okay, so that's that's what will get our attention, what will affect us in the coming weeks, months, years. Uh, let's think about some things that you said can affect us, that we can focus on. Great. Well, and here's where I want you to take your Bible and turn to Luke, or to Luke, to Jeremiah 29. It'll be up on the screen if you don't have your Bible, but several years ago, goodness, 10, 12 years ago, this passage really began to capture, first of all, started with me, my heart, and thinking about it and trying to understand uh, how something that, that God spoke through Jeremiah uh, to a group of exiles, the children of Israel who were exiles in Babylon at the time. He gave them some very specific instructions about how to live in exile, how that passage then can jump several thousand years and have implications for us as Christians today. Um, the truth of the matter is Peter refers to us as exiles, that in a sense all of us as Christians uh, because ultimately our citizenship isn't in a country, 
our citizenship is in heaven. And until we get to heaven, we are, in a sense, exiles living in a land that is not our own, right? And so when you think about that reality and you read the text I'm going to read, it, it, helps, it helped me back then, and it's continued to help us as a church family um, think about priorities and how we go about doing ministry. I'll just read the, the passage again. Imagine the children of Israel, they've been disobedient to God again. God allows the Babylonians to come and take them captive. They're exiled. They're now living in a land that is not theirs. All right. And so Jeremiah, uh, he writes this letter and he says, starting in verse four uh, to this group of exiles, he says, thus, the, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Here's the instructions. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. And then verse 7. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf for in its welfare you will find your welfare. And this would have been really odd for them to receive. They're literally exiles, right? Like we, we, we understand spiritually we're exiles, but they literally were taken into captivity by another nation. And Jeremiah's instruction from God to them was live, do, do life right where you're at. And as you do life, seek the welfare of the city, of the people in which you are exiled to. Right? Which doesn't make sense. Seek the welfare of the city. And so years ago, as, as I wrestled with this, it, it really helped me um, communicate uh, with Zion years ago about the trajectory that we really needed to go. And, and it started with two questions. Years ago, we asked the question, or we stopped asking the question, what does it look like to be the best church in our community? To what does it look like to be the best church for our community? How many of you have heard me say that? How many of you were around long enough to hear me say that for the first time? And kind of the, well, that's a different question. Because when we asked that question for the first time, it changed everything. There's a big difference between waking up every day and saying, what, what can we do to be the best church in our community? What kind of lights and sounds and smokes and mirrors and what kind of programs and shows and production? What do we need to do so that people come to us and go, wow, that's impressive? Versus saying, what does our community need? What can we do as a church to seek the welfare of those who aren't walking through the doors every Sunday morning? And because of that, um, Zion, Zion changed. It sent us on a different trajectory. And that's why, honestly, um, we've become who we've become. It's because of a passage like that, and it's because of questions like that that we were willing to ask years ago. And so here we are in kind of this fresh place where that's the question that we want to ask again. What do we need to continue to do to be the best church for our community? And, and I believe that, it's, that that question has been asked and answered in a, in a bunch of different ways. It, it's, it's why we have bent our, 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 uh, ourselves toward foster care and adoption. It's why, again, the Keystone Family Alliance is something that matters uh, to us. It's why 
uh, many of you have fostered and adopted, uh, it's because it's what our community needs. And the truth of the matter is it's what our community still needs. And I have time to get into it right now, but there is a foster care crisis in Clarion County. And if you've ever considered it, ever thought about it, now's the time uh, to put feet to those thoughts and really ask God if it's something that he wants you to do, but that's for another time. But it's one of the reasons why, um, why I think God called Missy Poor uh, to start Life Made New Ministries. It's that heart to be bent toward our community. What does our community need? That's a, 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 a horse riding uh, ministry to minister to, to kids who have gone through trauma, kids who are struggling, and to be able to go and pet and ride and care for horses uh, on a farm that she was um, given uh, is something that's, that's awesome. Um, it's why we have bent ourselves to Clarion University. Um, this community needs people to love Clarion University students. And that's what we're doing. It's, it's for the community that we're doing it. It's why we are continuing to address um, food insecurity through our, love, or for our, through our Jesus Pantry. And it's why one of the reasons why I think Love, Inc. Uh, is getting birthed by somebody here at Zion is because Angelo, as he's been here over the last several years, has, has developed that same heart and has learned that we're a church that has that same heart bent toward the community. And, and so we're just going to keep leaning into that question. What does this community need from us? And, uh, and, and then we're going to continue to look for more ways. But those more ways are really dependent upon you. Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verses 11 through 12, or 11 through 16, uh, remind us of this. Paul talking to the church at Ephesus, talking about what God has given to the church. And, and just listen to this passage. It'll be up on the screen. It says, and he gave the apostles, the, prop, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. This, these are gifts that God brings into and for the church. For what purpose? To equip the saints for the work of ministry. I've not said this in a long time, but my job is to put you to work. Angelo and Jacob and Matt's job as elders is ultimately to, to equip you to do ministry. Why? For the building up of the body of Christ so that this body can be stronger until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which, is, which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Can't unpack all of this, but that last phrase about the body working properly is really the your part of this passage and your part of the future of Zion. See, I believe in you, and I believe that inside of this body, there is tremendous potential to make a tremendous amount of impact for Christ and his kingdom. And it's our job, um, and, and don't, don't, I want to say this a little tongue-in-cheek, but, so don't take it the wrong way. Um, you've heard that little saying, there's gold in them, there hills. There's gold in them, there hills. I think there's gold in these chairs. And, and, and I want to help 
mine for it. I want to help you tease out who and what it is that you are. You're a part of this body. And when you're, when you're serving and functioning and working the way that God has intended for you to work and doing the things that God has called you to do, guess what? We're all better. We all mature. We all grow up into the kind of body of believers that God wants us to be. That, that's the goal. That's, that's the why behind it. We want that for all of us. But for all of us to be who God wants us to be individually, you have to be willing to lean in and say, what's God calling me to be? Who does God want me to be? What are the works that he wants me uh, to engage in? And so I've been, re- I've been dreaming about a few things. And so these are the last things that I'll put up in front of you before we're done. Um, what I'm going to put in front of you are probably two of several things that I'm thinking about and dreaming about, but they can't be my thing, okay? They can't be my thing. I don't have the bandwidth to do it all. I have the bandwidth to cheer it on, to celebrate it, to get it going, but, but I would need, we would need, this body would need people to say, that's my thing, that's my purpose, that's my calling, that's my, that's my why, all right? And so I'm going to put it in front of you uh, and see if maybe it's going to be our thing going forward. But in the same way that we talked about fostering and serving Penn West, addressing uh, food insecurities and other things, I'm asking the question, could it be that it's time for us to refocus on mental health? To right, refocus on mental health. Um, we all know somebody who struggles with mental health, probably a third in this room, if not more, uh, have some kind of mental health struggle. And the good news is we have, over the years, tried to destigmatize mental health as a congregation. Uh, it's not something that we look at sideways uh, when somebody says that they're struggling with their mental health, whether it's depression or anxiety or, or, uh, or other uh, mental health diagnosis. Several years ago, we had a group of people that were trained uh, through the uh, Grace Alliance to do um, mental health small groups for individuals or for families who have individuals that struggle with mental health. Those groups started in maybe 2017, 18, and to be honest with you, didn't, didn't take root, never really got off the ground, and we pulled the plug. Maybe we pulled the plug too soon. Maybe the timing just wasn't right. But I'm asking the question during my sabbatical, is it time for us to refocus on mental health? And whether we, we work with the Grace Alliance to get some training or another organization that I'm familiar with uh, that talks about, talks in terms of uh, spiritual first aid to help train uh, church members to lean in, um, that would be a, a question that we would look at, you know, uh, if more of you say, that's my why. When you were talking about that, that's the Spirit of God. I felt it. I knew it was the Spirit of God. Let's talk, all right? So that's one. And the other thing that is a, there's a possibility on my heart has been for a long time, but like I said, it can't be a me thing. It would have to be a we thing. Uh, and that is a, a, a community-based ministry to parents. And one of the reasons why it's on my heart is, hello, have you guys looked in our nursery lately? And have you looked around the room lately? There's a lot of new babies coming. And, uh, and not just because of that, but because um, looking at our culture, I know parenting is never easy, has never been easy, but I'm not sure that it's ever been as difficult as it is today because there are so many things that, that are fighting against um, parents. And the truth of the matter is, parents, you need to know something. Your kids are being discipled. The question isn't whether or not they're being discipled. It's, 
It's who or what is discipling your kids. And so I've, I've been dreaming for, for a while uh, and asking the question, what would it look like for us to communi- create a community within Clarion County of parents who want to parent well, who want to be intentional in their parenting, who, who want to share resources, share ideas, share best practices, share videos that are encouraging book ideas, and uh, it you know, could start in a number of ways, but it would take a social media presence, probably a web presence, uh, some people who are administrative and organized to lay out a plan, could result in some parenting workshops, bringing in experts to talk about um, you know, the effects of social media on kids, things of that nature, do some lectures and stuff like that. So that's, that's on my heart. All right? So those are two things that are on my heart. All right? But if they're not on our heart, then I'm going to kind of write it off as a dream deferred. We'll just set that aside. But having said that, if that's something that, that you're like, I can't get to you quick enough after we say amen, Trent, because I want to talk about that, then, then bring it on. Um, again, there may be, not just my two ideas, there may be dozens of other ideas that are sitting in, the, in, the, in this room today. And, and, and the best that I can tell you as your pastor is if you'll walk with me and let me walk with you to think about your passion, to think about your pain, to think about your proficiencies, those things that you're good at, and try to wrestle through what it is that God's perhaps calling you to, I would love, love, love the opportunity to do that. Here's what it would look like. Several years ago, one of my main jobs at Zion was to walk people through a process called SHAPE. SHAPE stands for uh, five things. It stands for your spiritual gifts, your heart, your abilities, your personality, and your experiences. And there's a process through which we can help you think through those things, spit it into, a, you know, into a, uh, an assessment form, and then look at it and begin to discern how it is that maybe God is shaping you for your future. Now, the cool thing is, years ago, that all used to be done on paper. People would come to the office, and they would fill it out and all that jazz. Now, there's an online version of that. And here's my last kind of vision moment for you all today, and then we're done. If you, whether you're 35 or younger, or if you're 75, if you're interested in, like, hey, I'd like to to wrestle with that. I'd like to think about how God might have been preparing me for this moment in my life. The good news is there's a free version Uh, online that you can take at this website, freeshapetest.com. And take a picture of it, write it down, or you're like, Trent, I can remember that. That's pretty easy. Freeshapetest.com. What you would need to do is just go there, go to the website. Um, You'd enter your email, and then there'll be a place for you to enter like a coach, uh, which would be me. Put my email in, and then once it's done, you would get the assessment be sent to you to look at how it processed your information, uh, and then they would send a copy to me. And if I get a copy of what you did because you put my name down, you'll be at the top of my list to reach out to and say, let's get, get together, let's talk, let's dream, let's pray, let's work at figuring out how God has shaped you. And he may be shaping you to do ministry here on Sunday mornings. You know, Jesus in heaven knows that we need more people in tech. We need more people in first impressions. We need new, more artists and musicians. I always need, we always need new, new pe- people to serve in the nursery, in the elementary, in our youth ministry, needs a new leader. But your shape might be something that's completely outside of what happens in these walls. I will celebrate that and help you fulfill that as well. Because it's not about our castle, it's about God's kingdom. Does that all make sense?
Cool. I think that's all I've got. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come. And I want to pray for you. And here's the deal. Next week, the worship time and it will be short. We'll just share a couple of thoughts. And then we're going to fellowship the rest of the morning. Because I know this has been a different model for church on Sunday mornings. I hope these several weeks have been meaningful. Uh, again, I wanted to be accountable to you all of things that God's been doing in me. And uh, hopefully this, this month has provided that. Um, but stop and get your workbook and your book. And um, university students, please stick around. Get what you got to get. And uh, let me pray. And then we're going to sing a, a good song, uh, God of Promises. And as you do, would you pray for Zion uh, as you sing? sing? You can sing and pray at the same time. Pray that, that God would continue to cause us uh, to become who he wants us to be. Father, we love you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for my church family, my brothers and sisters whom I love. I pray, God, for your vision to continue to be written on our hearts. God, as a, as a pastor, I recognize that there's a, there's a, initiate, the, the, an, an, a sense of having to initiate some vision and some direction. And I, I, I wear that and bear that responsibility gladly. But, but God, we want a collective vision. We want something that all of us can continue to wrestle with and, and, and be excited about. So write that on our hearts collectively. And uh, we'll thank you for that. Until Christ is formed in us, Jesus we continue to pray and seek your face. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and let's sing one more song. at the stars It's your promise to my heart That you are who you say you are Hold on You say hold on to the light You won't leave us in the night You'll finish what you start to his birth from the altar to your word 